Welcome to the Spark Report. John W. Davis and Pavy. What's going on? You're watching us live on HMB TV, HMB Media. Check us out on YouTube. You'll be listening to this podcast on the Windsider Podcast Network. What's going on, Pav? How you feeling? I'm good, man. How you feeling? Hope your feel- fourth was uh, quality. It was good. Well, we spent part of it together at the Sparks game. We did. They played the Seattle Storm. Mm-hmm. They really played the Seattle Storm in the third quarter. <laughs> Came back, took a lead, and when it was crunch time, fatigue set in, and they lost the game. But we're going to have to talk about that throughout this podcast. Uh, right now, the Sparks have nine active players. They basically had eight or nine active players for weeks now. Because if you run it down, Neko Gumake has been out for weeks. Chinea Gumake has been out for weeks. Chrissy Tolliver has been out for several games now. Jasmine Walker basically been out for the whole season. Maria Vadiva has been out so far for the whole season overseas. Mm-hmm. Expected back after the Olympic break. So, I mean, you're talking about four players that you know for sure could be helping this team right now. And definitely five if you count Jasmine Walker. But you can't expect her back anytime this season. But. If I tell you that the Sparks are 6-11, and 11, but then sometime soon, probably after the Olympic break, you'll have access to NECA, Janae, Chrissy Tolliver, and Maria Vadiva. What's your take on the Sparks? Um, well, luckily for them, uh, nobody has to go over to the Olympics. Um, well, so I won't say luckily. I won't say luckily for them. I say, well, luckily NECA for- should be there. Luckily for the team, as far as like her own personal um goes, it's unfortunate. But luckily for the team, like as in the LA Sparks, um, they can get some practice time in, they can, you know, get some training in, they could definitely use it. Um, you know, one thing that Fish said, even when I asked him yesterday that I didn't know was that uh teams were privy to going to their um to their um um facility still, which I didn't know that. So he said, but you know, usually about like a week out everybody will start going back to practice and you have more practice time. So that could really help them. Um, They aren't so far in the standings where I think that it's impossible for them to recover. But I do think that immediately after the break, they got to come out and win like four or five straight games. Um, Yes. Yeah. I wrote a a recap for the Winsider power rankings about the Sparks. And I said, you know, at six and 11, you know, there's still time to go on a, a run like the sky or the Lynx have done and get yourself back into contention. Now, obviously, you know, they probably won't be hosting, you know, a second round playoff game or anything like that. But, you know, there's still a possibility that they can work their way back because even if they lose the next two games, that will make them six and 13 going into the Olympic break. Yes, more than half the season will be over, but I believe there'll still be 13 games left. And if you win, eight or nine of those, you're definitely going to be in the playoffs. And then from there, you just see what happens. I think the schedule kind of sort of lightens up on them. Kind of, but not kinda. really. Because you still get, you got double games against the Sun coming up. You got another one against the Storm coming up. You got some links in there. Like, you got some. You got some teams, but this. Yeah. But this, uh, but this little last four games before the All Star when I was well, well All Star break and also Olympic break mm-hmm. has been brutal. I mean, you get the Aces twice, you get the Storm twice, like those. And you finish it up with the Lynx. And you yeah. finish it up with the Lynx, like that's brutal. So at least you come back, you got fever. What is it? You have the fever first, 
Then you have the Liberty. Well, no, no fever, dream, dream, Liberty, mystic, sun, sun, fever, links, sun, storm, dream, wings. It's a little bit more manageable than, yeah. um, you know, obviously the schedule has been right before the break. There's no reason they should not have an above 500 record after the Olympic break. When you look at that schedule, no reason. I agree. Now, how far above? That's the question. But I don't think it's going to take too much. I, I still contend that you can make the playoffs and be below 500. So if that is the is if that is the first goal is to make sure you make the playoffs, they can still do that because how many games are they out the playoffs right now? Um, they are. It's not many. Like two. Yeah, right. Kind of like two games out. Two to three one. games out. Is it one two? It well, judging off by like win percentage. Yeah, I'm pulling up the standings now. One and a half. One and a half. Right. One and a half games. I mean, honestly, they could take care of that. There's next two games. Now, will they beat the Storm and the Lynx? Probably not. But, yeah, you can take care of that pretty soon. Now, the problem with them is that a lot of these teams towards this bottom, like if they somehow had the same record as the Wings, the Wings would have the advantage because the Wings have won the season series. The same goes for the Mercury. So that's where it will get a little tight is that, you know, the only team right now that they've beat in the season series is the Sky, and them and the Sky are most likely not going to have the same record heading into the playoffs. So that's where it can get a little tough and tricky for them. But I mean, for me, it's, it's I feel like a broken record saying is every single podcast we do, but it's just about health. Like, if they aren't going to get healthy and this is the way this season is, you know, going to go, then it's kind of, kind of just a lost season. You know, if uh, if uh, Shanae is gonna miss, uh, how many months has it been? Has it has it has it, has it been a full month that she's missed? Yes, more than. Yeah, she's missed because like a she month. was out before Neca was out. Yeah, so she's missed like you know like a month and a half. Neca mm-hmm. has basically missed a month. Christy has missed what a week or two now. Not not like two weeks. It's only been a week because it happened at the week. last game. It happened at the last home game. Okay, well if she's gonna be out a week. Obviously, you draft somebody first round. You know, we, we went to the preseason game. She was on fire, lighting them up, and then she goes down. And you traded your pick next and, year. Yes, and for. you and you traded your next year pick for her. So now you have to also hope that she comes in back and um, recovers fully. Like, if this is just going to be the way the season is going to go, it's only so much that you can, like, you know, pack together and Jimmy rig stuff. Like, at a certain point, you need the team that you signed to play to be on the court and play it. But this is my question, and I asked you this at the game. Would the GM be satisfied with what the coach is doing right now, even with all of the injuries? I mean, I think defensively, yes. I think offensively, no. But I think defensively, for sure, yes. Like, like their defense keeps them in every game. Shout out uh, Miss Latricia Trimble. Um, But their defense keeps them in every single game to the point where it's like even when they do play the Storm, they play the Aces, they have chances to win. You know, like they'll even go on Spurs in which they do hit a few shots and they go up 10. Now, mm-hmm. obviously, it stalls out and, right. you know, the other team comes back and it's because these teams are better offensive teams and they have more firepower. But their defense keeps them in most games. So defensively, yes. Offensively, obviously, they have a long ways to go. But a lot of that even is, is because of, you know, health and people are um, – People are playing maybe more minutes than what they used to play. Shots are coming in different places than what they used to coming in mm-hmm. um, um, into it. I don't know if anybody knows every day 
what their role is outside of like Erica and Brittany. But even Brittany offensively, I don't know if she knows what her role is every time she steps on the court. Speaking of those two players, if there are two players on the team that can play even more minutes to try to help them win one or two, win one or both of these last games, it's Erica Wheeler and Brittany Sykes. Like, honestly, if I am winning, I'm not taking them off the court. I'm sorry. You literally got to play the whole game to try to win. Like, like if they get up, like, like when they got up against the, the storm and then Brittany Sykes sat at the beginning of the fourth quarter, that was it. Like, like, yeah, there's a break between the third and fourth quarter. Like, that's your break. <laughs> that's your break. Shit, that's your break. I mean, currently, I mean, you, you, you want a break? You want a break? Take it hard to the cup and use your free throws as your break. I mean, currently, she is averaging a career high in minutes. She's at 28. And these last two games, I believe she played 38 and 36. I mean, how much more you want? 40. If I, if I can't, 40. Yeah, I feel you, but like, if I can't find you two minutes of rest and like our team can't. I think when they checked out, it was, what, a 10-point game? Do you mean to tell me my bench can't hold it down and at least when he, when I, like, put her back, well, my bench can't hold it down and, like, at least when I put her back in the game, is at the very least a six-point game? Yes, because the bench is only three players right now. Damn, those three players got to play. It's an eight-person rotation. Well, those three players got to play better in the moments that they there. And the only person that was a true backup to them was Ted Cooper. And she got to be she better. She was the only ball handler. She was the only ball handler. And the last game, it wasn't her game. It was not her game. It was minus 23 and what, a 10-point loss? Not good. It wasn't her game. So, I don't know. I mean, it is – to me, I I, I don't want to be 6-13 and 13 going into the Olympic break. Like, I want to be at the bare minimum – Seven and twelve. Like I gotta beat either the storm or the Lynx. Like I just have to win one of these games, just I to agree. show, just to show my team that we can win. Like yes, we can play great, and yes, we can hold the storm be- way below their season average, and yes, we can hold the Aces to what do they hold them to sixty something, and then basically the next game the Aces go out and score one eighteen. <laughs> they score yeah. one eighteen on the Dream, and then against the Sparks. It was in the 60s. Mm-hmm. So, yes, we can do that defensively, but we have to win a game. And if that means that on one of these next two games that I'm playing you 40 minutes, you're about to get a month break. Like you I said, mean, like you game. said, like you said, Brittany and Erica are not going to the Olympics. Brittany and Erica are not going to the All-Star game. They're not doing any of that stuff. So we have 80 minutes of basketball left to play before the Olympic break. If you are not in foul trouble, I am asking you to play all 80 of those minutes. Now, does that mean we may need to slow down our pace? Sure. Grind out a game like they did against the Aces? Sure. I mean, they kind of ended up grinding it out against the Storm again. Sure. But until you have at least 10 or 11, you can't play the way you want to play. It's also their play style, though. It, it, it'll be – well, I don't mean – not to say that they aren't conditioned, but it'll be very hard, I think, at least, for their play style, for those who specifically. That's why so, I said you got to play slower. Is that be what more they methodical. do, though? 
No. Is that what they do? No, it's not do, what they do. And do but they, they even but, have, but do you want to win or you want to lose? A question. Currently, do they even have the personnel to do that? To win a game? Yes, no, they no, have the personnel no, to win a game. No, no, not to win a game. To slow the pace down and play slow. Yes, what did they do against the Aces? Yeah, but I think when they Last took game. the Yeah, but when they took the lead, I thought they actually sped up the pace. And also, I don't know if it was that the pace was so slow or if it was the fact that they were just missing shots. Missing shots, pace slow, whatever. Less shots. The first also, game they took 80-something shots and they got blown out. And also the next weird, game they lost by less than 10 because and, there was 20 fewer shots. And also a weird concept. Why do they force so many turnovers but not convert on the turnovers? I mean, that's why, that's why the last time we did this show, I said, you know, they have to – Focus on threes and layups. Like, I constantly talk to the players, you know, game after game, availability after availability. And players like Erica Wheeler and Taya Cooper will say, you know, after a loss, they'll say, you know, we have to make our shots. We have to make our layups. Like, it is the fundamental portions of basketball that they have to be able to connect on. You're either making these layups or you jumping into somebody like you, Trey Young, and getting fouled. Yeah, like I see too many times in transition um, where it just ends in nothing or, you know, it ends in a missed layup or it ends in a turnover. But I would prefer for them just to make the layups because I think that jumping into people, that's not sustainable body-wise. I can agree Because you got some smaller frame players, Erica Wheeler, even Taya Cooper. Yes, she's strong, but she's still 5'8". Yeah, and... and, and Like, you don't want to create additional extra contact if you don't have to like you just want to make the bucket of course so you know i will say that i am encouraged that next to simone augustus sitting right next to her is then neka agumake and then sitting right next to neka agumake is christy tolliver so now the vets turned into an assistant coach you know the the injured star is now the next coach in line, the next injured starter and all-star is a coach in line. So I am encouraged to see NECA and Cheney, even Cheney, yeah, NECA, Cheney, and Christy so involved in the game. I feel like they have a lot to say during the game, so I feel like they should have a lot to do the next time they play because after every break, they're commenting on what they're seeing and encouraging and coaching their teammates up about do this, do that, do this, do that. Don't do this, do this, do that, do this. So I'm expecting them that when they're in the game, very soon, within the next month or so, that they should be applying all of these things that they're seeing. Because I think you get a different appreciation for the game when you can just watch it. And they've had plenty of time to watch. Chanae has been watching for weeks. Neck has been watching for weeks. Christy Tolliver watched all last year and played most of this year. And then now she's out with her cut above her eye. And so now again, she's watching. And it's not just watching film after the fact. Like you're watching in game. You're seeing it develop. And you're like, well, if I was there, I would have did this. Well, the next time you're there, do that. Now, I agree, but again, the 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 biggest thing for them is getting on, is getting back on the court, man. Like it's they got to get out there, they got to get healthy. Um, I think the break for the Sparks, I think it'll it should help them a lot, especially in just that standpoint. You know, everybody should come back completely healthy. 
um, at the very mm -hmm. least. Yes. Um, and also, I think defensively, whatever, fine. Offensively, I understand what they're doing. It's just really simple offense. They did. At, at Do the you really season. understand what they're doing? Yeah, they're just it's, – it's just screens. What are they doing? They come up, set a screen. They use it. They usually put the ball in like Erica's hands or Taya's hands or sometimes Chrissy's hands. Um, they have one main ball handler for the most part. Screen, get in the paint, swing, 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 open shot, or swing, 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 drive. Or they come up, do a little dribble handoff. Same thing, swing, swing, swing. Well, hand, hand off, gets to the paint, swing, 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 whatever. But, but what happens when they swing, 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 pass up the open shot? That's what frustrates me. People need some more confidence. But, but, but again, also, you this is another situation which you have people because of all the injuries that are in spots where they shouldn't be in. So you have, you know, guards catching the ball in the corner when maybe they used to catching the ball on the wing. Or you have somebody who's used to catching the ball in the corner who's now catching the ball on the wing, and they may not feel comfortable with that shot. Also, they have the real issue right now of that they're – what Erica is shooting – from three, she's shooting 33%. She historically has never, well, no, she's shooting 32% outside of 2019 in Indiana when she was a 38% three-point shooter. She's historically around 33%. And let's look she's at shooting her average. She's shooting her average, but her average isn't great. So it's like, wow. I wouldn't consider her a shooter. And Taya, what is she shooting? She is, Taya's actually shooting 35% from three. Um, mm -hmm. and That's above average for her. It's above average for her. I don't actually think she shoots thirty five percent from if, if you if you understand what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Like I don't think if she took like seven threes, she would it's shoot thirty five. It's not an, it's not an effectively thirty five percent shooting yes. percentage. Yes, in totality it is, but effectively it's probably closer to thirty. It feels like it. Yes, so you have guards who aren't making shots. So I don't know if they're even you know if they really want to put up shots because they aren't make they aren't great three point shooters. You know, if everybody was Christy Tolliver that was getting swung the ball, then maybe it'd be a little bit different. But everybody just happens to not be Christy Tolliver. Mm -hmm. If it was Christy Tolliver, Jasmine Walker, and NECA, then well, maybe it might or Zowie B, then maybe it might be a little bit different. But they have the issue, like I said. Shout out to Zowie B. She is a willing shooter, and she has continued to be a willing shooter. She's the she best willing. That's playing right now. Outside of even okay. that, I think Christy is better than her, and maybe that's it. She's the best shooter on the team. Which is also an issue. If your best shooter is yeah, I was about to say, big, is that a good thing? No, if your best shooter is a big, that's probably not a good thing. As great as she is at shooting, I don't think you want Amanda Zowie to be the best to be the best shooter on your team. You don't want a center at all to be the best shooter. I mean, it's it's it is it is a plus if they can shoot, obviously, mm -hmm. but I don't think you want your center to be your best shooter on the team. No. Your center. So I get what they're doing offensively. A lot of it just isn't working because they aren't hitting shots. Like, they get to the paint. They create open looks. They put pressure on the defense consistently. But sometimes they get to the rim, either one, don't make the layup, or two, swing it out, don't make the three. I think yeah. at first – go ahead. I was just going to say, is it possible? Is it possible to tighten up this rotation even more? Because successfully – I will see the Aces often just play seven players. The other day, the Aces bench was Hamby and it was Plum. That was it. Two yeah, players. It was one guard and one forward. Yeah, but the Can Aces. Can the Sparks bench just be one guard and one forward? Yeah, but the Aces can get away with that because you can just dump the ball down. 
Like you can just dump the ball down to two of probably the best post players in the um, league, and you can get away with a lot of that. So your guard, you can't dump the ball down to Zowie B. Zowie B. Stay calling for that ball. They that's that's not what they do. It doesn't mean they can't. That's not what they do. She also has to stay out of foul trouble too. She's in yes, foul she trouble does. a lot. She's also in foul trouble a lot. If you are yeah. a really good big, she will probably end up in foul trouble. Yeah, and last two games she's ended up with five fouls. I'd say one or two of those are questionable. But, but, lot, but what can she of, do? What can she do? She literally has to play like that every night to have a chance. Because pretty much every night, as tall as Zowie B is at 6'5", she's usually playing somebody who's bigger. Like every night she's going to play a bigger player. And, you know, people will constantly ask her post-game, oh, what is it like going up against, you know, whoever, whoever. She said – She's basically tired of answering the question. And she basically said that, like, this is the best league in the world. This is how it's going to be. And so this is how it's going to be. Like, there's no rest for Zowie B. You know, it'll be, what was it? Cambage two nights. Then it was Mercedes Russell, who is technically bigger than Zowie B. And then Ezzy, don't forget Ezzy, because she was, yeah. she was, she they're was. The same, they're the same size, but yeah, Ezzy was. He was crazy. out there dropping a mixtape. Yeah. Hezzy Ezzy, that's what we like to call her in the windsider room. But we like to call her Hezzy Ezzy. But, yeah, like that is a player that has a great potential. And like you tweeted the, the other night, you said, like, I can see why they were kind of okay with Natasha Howard leaving if we have Ezzy Magbagor to develop in the system. For sure, for sure, for sure, for sure. Uh, I mean, she she makes her shots around the rim. She rebounds the ball. She's very um energetic. Um, she's 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 slim, but she doesn't get bullied at all that I've seen at least in the paint. Right. Um, and I think she's athletically she, strong. Exactly. And I think eventually she can probably stretch her game out to mid-range. And you know, like even I mean, even the way she can pump fake and get oh, to the shout ring. out to Ezzy. We got the same birthday. Guess how old she is? 19. 21. She's so 21. Be, yeah, she will be 22 coming up. Okay. So that's the thing. Like she's younger than anybody that they would even draft in next year's draft, and maybe even the draft after that. Because a lot of times when these players get drafted, they're twenty three or twenty four. Especially yeah. now that in the NCAA system, that you can just stay as basically as long as you want, especially because it's COVID year. Yeah, and players also reclassify, so they might even come into college late and things like that. So, so yeah. she's played two years already in the league, and she'll still be younger than whoever is drafted next year. So she'll have three years of knowledge versus a rookie and still be younger. So, like, that's the type of player you want to develop around. And that's the type of player that, like, you're getting above average performance for her rookie scale contract. Yes. You're getting above value, especially when you pair her next to Brianna Stewart. And it allows Brianna Stewart to not have to play the five. She can play the five, but I don't think that is her preferred position. I think her yeah. preferred positions are four and out. Like, that's why Natasha Howard was so appropriate for them. That's why Mercedes Russell is so appropriate for them. Because if they really wanted to, they don't have to start any of them. And that might have been part of the problem with Candace Dupree, who ended up getting away from that team after they mutually agreed to a buyout is like they could have started Stewart, Dupree, Jewel Lloyd, or I'm sorry, Stewart, Dupree, 
Katie Lou, Jewel Lloyd, and Sue Bird. But they didn't want to do that because they don't want Brianna Stewart playing the traditional five. Yes, she has the size for it. And also shout out to Brianna Stewart for literally stopping a two-person fast break by herself. She did stop a two-person fast break by herself. By herself. She, she forced Erica Wheeler to not take the layup. She dropped it off to coffee and then was able to turn around and block coffee all in the same step. Erica probably should have taken that layup, though. Yes, and Nia Coffee was frustrated. She er, Erica for sure. Nia Coffee was frustrated. She was frustrated that Erica didn't take that because now, at if, the worst, Erica would have got fouled. Now, if now if this was well, at the worst, if, at the worst, it would have been a clean block, but most likely she, she would have got, got fouled, fouled or made the shot. Now, if this was in the NBA, maybe you do that because you know some people have and in, in, can jump 45 inches off right. the ground. Just just with a game, don't and somebody would have might have got dunked on it would have been and would have been an incredible highlight. But Erica probably should have taken that layup. But again, that's but again, that's also the thing we talk about with Sparks in like transition. You got to just figure that stuff out. Mm-hmm. Like that should be two points, or at least you picking up a foul on um Brianna something. Like you just have to figure that stuff out and make better decisions in transition. And wasn't that probably off a of steal that they forced that they it got was. nothing out of? Yeah, it was a turnover. Yeah, like a lot like, of them. like you I, you can't force twenty five turnovers and score ten points. What are you doing? Just forcing turnovers to take away your energy. Like I've never, I've actually never seen that before. I've never seen a team force so many. Usually, if you force twenty five turnovers, you win it by like thirty points, <laughs> especially in the W because chase down blocks usually don't really happen like that. Right. So usually, if you steal the ball, you off to the races. It's two points. Right. But shout out to Brianna Stewart for not giving up on that play. Of course, yeah. Because she could yeah. have. Yeah, and that was my first time actually seeing her play in person. She has an incredibly quick shot release. Like, she right. gets it, and it is out of there immediately. She probably has one of the best uh, – not probably. She has one of, she has one of the best uh, shooting forms in the WNBA. So, shout out Brianna Stewart. If I'm putting together the Olympic roster, I'm going to do it like they did Candace Parker. I'm listing Brianna Stewart as a guard forward and a center. I feel you. I'm just going to do it because I want people to know that she's the most versatile player in the world. Still think Candace Parker. That's at least, okay, she's the most versatile player on that roster. Yeah, that's fair. Because Candace is not on the roster. That's fair. And that's a whole other thing. But Candace Parker is at least an all-star, and Candace Parker will be playing against the Olympic team in Vegas for the all-star game. What do you think about that? Uh, Which part? The the Olymp- the all-star team playing against the um Olympic team. Yes. Um, I think it's a cool idea, especially with it being a, a um Olympic year. I think it's a great way to get you know the fans and the people um excited um about watching the Olympic team. It sucks to me that the all-star game is on a, a Wednesday, right? Yes, Wednesday yeah. the 14th. It's kind of weird. Like I would think middle of the week. Work. I will most likely not be attending because yeah, it I'm- is in the middle of the week. Yeah, like I, I, I think it's also a great moment being that you know we're more open now. Vegas is, you know, Vegas is a whole different world over there. Um, I think it would have would have been a great moment to continue doing some type of All Star Weekend. I think All Star Weekend in Vegas is great for the W. Um, I the think only problem with that is if they would have pushed it back and did a whole weekend event and maybe had the game on a Saturday or Sunday, they would have pushed themselves too close into the Olympic window. That's fair. Because the Olympics start, I believe, on the 23rd. 
of July. I mean, go through can, August 8th. I mean, what they play at the 14th. I mean, you could have a game on the 27th. That gives you the whole 27. team. No, 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 I'm no, no, 27, no, Just 17th. You, you could, you got a game on the uh, 17th. You said the Olympics start the 23rd. They're going to be practicing the whole week anyway. Yeah, but you have to go to Tokyo. You have to pass all of their COVID oh, testing yeah, and all, all that stuff. Tests, You'll be yeah. quarantining when you get there. Like, there's a lot of restrictions yeah, to, to make these games happen. Good point. So it's not like you're just showing up and playing basketball. Good point. It is in Tokyo. It's not in, it's, it's in, it's not in America. It's in a place where yeah. I don't even know if they've rolled out public vaccines, remember? Uh yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I don't. And I don't definitely know. not to the level that we have. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. So fair. You're right. You're right. You're Remember right. Remember last time we were talking, you were telling me that they had they just done emergency. another emergency shutdown. Yeah, yeah. So it's a totally level, different world over there. Like a level two or a state of emergency or something like that. Right. I think, if I'm not mistaken. Totally different world over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so, I mean, but th this other thing I'll add. So I think it is great that they are having an all-star game during the Olympic year, because this is one of the problems. When you look at somebody's totality of a career, you'll be like, oh, Diana Taurasi played in the league for 18, 19 years. Oh, but she only made eight all-star teams. Well, that's because up until now, you couldn't make an all-star team in an Olympic year because they just yeah. didn't have an all-star game and they didn't even select all-stars. You need to have all-stars every single year because that is one of the ways that we grade the greatness of somebody's career. That is a so, career accolade. All-stars. Which, which is unfortunate. I lean more heavily on all WNBA teams and things like that just because I think that's a more... Yes, yes. I think that is more... I think that is a higher level, but all-star games count. Of course, of course, of course. I, 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 just, I, I just think all WNBA is a more accurate depiction of who actually was the best five to ten to 15 players um in the league that year because all it is well they do two they do two teams so you only can get first team just all WNBA team. or first team and second team defense so you only have a pool of 20 players that can win awards outside of MVP defensive player of the year and most improved so that's 23 players 23 slots and some of those players will be reproductions like there'll be some people who are on all defense and all WNBA and one MVP most improved or defensive player of the year. You know what I'm saying? You, so I do what have, I'm saying is so at the max you can only award 23 players a year yeah. with an award if you do it that way. And it won't be that many because some will be crossovers. I do have a question for you though. Um I know mm -hmm. there was a thing about the Sparks not having any all-stars this year. Um how do you feel about that? Do you think that they deserved any all-stars this year? Um, what's your thoughts on that? I think that the most natural selection for an all-star should have been Neka Agumake. Now, enough, though. yes, but when she did play, it worked out. And I think that it could have been a good way to say that, like, we respect and we recognize you. And like, yes, you didn't get to make the Olympic team, but we want you in Vegas to represent us. But they didn't choose to do that. So then if I was going to pick past that, I just don't know. I mean, yeah, you could have went with Erica Wheeler. Um, 
could have went with Zowie B. I mean, if you look at the all-star team, man, there are some people who I think that didn't need to be on there. I don't think that Satu Sabali needed to be an all-star because Marina Mabry didn't even make the all-star team. How are you going to pick Satu over Marina Mabry on Dallas? Does Marina start every day, though? I don't know if she's an everyday starter this season. Doesn't matter. She's averaging 20 points a game. She's damn near averaging 20 points a game. She's been starting, and she's got the stats to back it up. Like, Marina Mabry is most likely going to win most improved player of the year. Shout out, Marina. And if they keep her coming off the bench, she might as well win six women, too. I mean, she has been balling. She has been. I'm going to keep it real with you. She has been the best player on the Dallas Wings. The best, most consistent player on the Dallas Wings. She has been better than Enrique Agumboale. I mean, Enrique averaging 20. Look at Marina. She's Look at Marina. 14. She's averaging 14.8. Uh, yeah, now because they won't let her play. But look at her, look at her splits. Tell me who splits you want. Tell me who splits you want. I mean, I had to like go look. And if you and if you lie to me, then you can lie to me. But it's Marina. That's fair. Um, me, me personally, I, I mean, sadly enough, this season, I don't think the Sparks deserved any All Stars. Um, I think Erica recently has been balling, playing incredibly. But that was after the All-Star teams came out. The Erica that we're seeing right now is not the Erica that we were seeing early in the season when they were picking All-Stars. Um, NECA, if Neko had played more than five games, of course she'd be deserving. But she only played five games. Um, so this year, I just don't think the Sparks deserve any All-Stars, personally. I mean, yeah. doesn't mean that these people can't play. Like they I, obviously Erica, like I said, Erica has been since since the All Star teams came out, she been balling. But before, I don't know if she was playing to the same level that she's playing with uh, afterwards. She was doing it in the clutch portion of the game, but they haven't always translated to enough wins to do it. Yes. So, but even, but I mean, but I mean, but, but even again. Is, is she an all star? Yes, because once you're an all star, you're always an all star. You yes. don't take that away from somebody. I mean, we just saw the man in game six. Like, people forget that Jeff Teague is an NBA all star. Yes, it was one year, but the man is an all star. Jeff Teague did have a moment in game six. Yes, but that man is an NBA all star. Jeff Teague, you're Jeff not taking Teague, that away. Just like, just like when somebody is a president of something, they're yeah, always the president. Right. Always the president. If you want to put former in front of it, whatever, but you don't lose that title. This is true. It's like you don't take that accolade away from somebody. It's not like it's not like in track and field where you know you might get you know years later they check your sample and you're tested for doping and they say you're on performance enhancing drugs. So then they take away your accolades. We're not taking away somebody's all star nature. Because, you know, there's, there's nothing that's going to, you know, say that everything that Erica Wheeler has done or Maya Moore or anybody who's an all-star, we're not going to take that away from them. You know, this is not the type of sport. But I don't know. I but just this season, no. But this yeah. season, no. At least, I'm, at least, I'm fine with it. At least, but, at least up to when they selected the teams. Okay. No. Well, here, let me pull this up because now I'm curious. The WNBA All-Star roster. Let's see. So, 
obviously you know who Team USA is. Let's go through Team USA first because because everybody on Team USA is automatically an all-star, okay? So you have Ariel Atkins, Sue Bird, Tina Charles, Nafisa Collier, Skylar Diggins-Smith, Sylvia Fowles, Chelsea Gray, Brittany Griner, Jewel Lloyd, Brianna Stewart, Diana Tarazi, and Asia Wilson. Do you have any problems with any of them being all-stars? Nah, that's a, that's a hell of a team. Right. So all of them should be all-stars. So now we go on the WNBA side for all-stars. We have Duana Bonner, Liz Cambage, who is an Olympian for Australia. And yeah, I was about to say, yeah, she an if, she was an, if she was an American, she'd be an Olympian for America. All right. You got Kalia Copper from Chicago. She's you could talk season. Yeah, but you could talk me out of her. You could talk me out of her. De'Erica Hamby on the Aces. Brianna Jones on the Sun. She's really been balling. John Quill Jones. That's another type of player. If John Quill Jones was on Team USA, she'd be on the team. For sure. But Benaja Laney, you can't talk me out of her. Arike Agumbuale, she just scores too many points. You can't talk me out of her. <laughs> Candace Parker. I mean, she is literally the only reason the Sky yeah. have a winning record right now. She's the only reason Sky are not the 11th worst team in the league right now, which they were when she was out. You have Satu Sabali. You can talk me out of Satu. You got Courtney Vandersloot, which, I mean, she's arguably the best point guard in the league, so, I mean, she kind of just got to be an all-star. And then Courtney Williams. So they chose her off the dream. And Courtney Williams has had a really good season. So, to me, the only, like, question, question mark is Satu. But – yeah, I don't really have. I mean, a, I, I get it. I don't I have. It. I don't have an issue with the people who have been picked for either uh, team, personally. Personally, but yeah, I don't know exactly where they're going. Like, I know where they can go. The Sparks. The Sparks. Yeah, but I don't know where they're going because. You don't have enough players on this team to just, you know, this is not the NBA where you got 15 players on the roster and you got two-way contracts, so you really got access to, like, 17 or more players. You don't have that where you can just, like, punt on the season and say, like, okay, all the vets, y'all can just chill, we'll pay y'all, and we're just going to play all the rookies and develop them. Can't do that. Also, when it comes to the Sparks is I don't know – where the future is like even past this year i don't really know where the future well, lies part of the future is in gabby williams yes part of you is in gabby williams obviously jazz and walk has to come back and get healthy obviously you still you know taya is young um, um i think um, part of the future still is in neko gumake yes how many years did she sign for though just two how much longer is she going to be here? It's a real I don't question. know. I believe that essentially the whole team, other than the rookies, the whole team will be up after the 2022 season. Yeah, Basically so, the whole, the whole core, they all. Yeah. So they so, started all over. So to me, like I even said, I think at, at, at the uh, beginning of the season, this, I, I thought that the Spartans needed to reload after last year anyway. Um, I didn't know it would happen in that fashion, but I thought that they probably needed need, needed to reload because I thought that if you're going to hire Fish, obviously you have to give him um, a chance. Excuse me, give him a chance to put his ladies in his system 
and see how it works. They fully did that by making him the GM and everything else. Um, but this season is it's just injuries. Yeah. Like the they Sparks would they would no, the Sparks have no protected veteran contracts after the 2022 season. The people who are under contract next year with guaranteed contracts are Neka Agumake, Christy Tolliver, Erica Wheeler, Amanda Zali B, Shanae Agumake, and Gabby Williams. You can have six protected contracts, and that's what they have. They do have Brittany Sykes under contract next year. I essentially consider her a protected contract without technically being protected. So that's seven. Past that, it's up to you what you want to do. Yeah, so, I mean, this and, season- and, and there's still flexibility in somebody having a protected veteran contract next year. Just because they have that contract, I'm not saying you're going to cut them, but that doesn't necessarily mean they have to be on the team. Yeah, contracts so- can be traded. Contracts can be bought out. Yeah, so this season, I think they would need to have one hell of a turnaround, which can happen, by the way. It can happen. Can happen. It can. But they would need to have one hell of a turnaround. Like, I honestly think at some point, when we come back, you know, you give it four to five games. Obviously, you, you're gonna play the team because again, there's no point in you even attempting to lose games. They can, they can go, they can go ten and three in the last thirteen games after the Olympic break and finish this season sixteen and sixteen. That would be one hell of a turnaround if they do. They can do that. I believe they can do that. Now, more likely, maybe eight and five or nine and four. But even still, if they get to 14 and 18, they're probably going to make playoffs. Yeah, but even when you look back at that, I think you would still look at this season. If you get to 15 and 17, you are making the playoffs. Yeah, but I think you would still look at this season and think, like, what if at the at the um, end of the day because of all the injuries? You will, but right. But if you get to a point where you can look back on this season and truly just say, what if? then you can move forward with that because you you have to get to the what if part they are not at the what if part right now unless unless well i'm saying they're not at the what if part right now because they would only be at what if if all of those injured players were just out for the whole season and they never came then you can have a what if but if they come back and it doesn't change then what if is out the window Because it's not like it's not like they're coming back two weeks from now and then the season's just gonna continue. There's going to be essentially a month long yes, break. That is, yes, yes, that is that that is a big part. So, like so the health the health will be there. The health, the health will be there. If the health is there. not there by now, by then, shut it down for the rest of the season. The if you are not healthy by August 15th, don't play for the rest of the season. The health will be there, but also I think you can offensively address some of your issues within that month. Like I said in the beginning, I think obviously you you like it a month. You get to put some new sets in. Um, you know, you address again, a lot of it by NECA just playing. Yes. Because NECA gets to the foul line. NECA is an above-average three-point shooter, and she is supremely efficient. If NECA shoots 55%, that's just average for her. <laughs> yes. That's just average. Yes, but again, they still need the team that they signed to get on the court. The other thing is they have to, especially in the front office and the coaching staff, they have to maintain a proper culture where, you know, nobody is, you know, 
fighting within the team or getting into it within the team like you may be seeing across the league because they have to treat everybody the right way because in 2022 or 2023, definitely by 2023, this could be a whole new team with totally different players and everything like that. And L.A. is still a destination. L.A. is still the place where the teams on the uh, other 11 teams in the league, they all love coming here. They all love staying downtown right near this area, the L.A. Live area, and having themselves a grand old time in L.A. Also, one thing that we have to mention um, um, that, that, that I do want to bring up, um, the Spars will be going back to Staples. Yes. You know, which, 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 which. Shout out to the convention center. They've done a great no, job no. putting that together. Convention and center. I felt like I entered the wobble, but the Staples is just different. Yeah. Obviously, you can pack more fans in there. You can have more of a home court um, advantage, obviously. Right. You know, They're like, only selling lower ball. So everybody will have a great seat if you decide to attend a game at Staples. The only thing is, I think there's only like, Less than half the games remaining after the Olympic break are actually at home. Still. So I, I think it's like five games. It's either five or six games. Still, I just think it would be good to get back in Staples. For them it would be to, great to get back in Staples. For them to feel – I mean, you have players who never played at Staples. Like, Brittany has never played in sparse uniform at Staples. She's been here two True. years. True. Taya got drafted. Cooper. Never played mm-hmm. at – like, you got people who have never, ever, ever, ever played at Staples, and they've been part of this team for you know two years at this point basically so i think it'll, it'll be good for them i think it'll be good for the team to return to some level of normal to mm-hmm. some a better level of normalcy and i think just for home court advantage you know i think it was something when people i mean what they they haven't lost the staples since what 2019 so yeah i was just about to say you know i was gonna pull that out yeah they haven't lost i don't think they've lost that staples since zowie b yeah like they haven't lost the staples since then like yes the convention center is cool but i don't feel the same level of I'm going to school, a sports game when I right. see them at the convention center. You know, they will have a greater home court advantage at Staples. Yes. Yes. This is the other thing I want to say this before I forget too, though. Like we've seen free agent moves that are more than surprising year after year since free agency really, really opened up in the mm-hmm. league. The Sparks are still a destination. Sure. There are still players who you could easily draw to the Sparks if things work out. Jewel Lloyd, Liz Cambage. I mean, just be open to that. Now, obviously, you know, I said last, I think last free agency, I said, oh, be open to the possibility that Diana Tarazi want to come home. Diana Tarazi don't want to come home. Okay. <laughs> she ain't come out. When she comes home, it's going to be to retire. And she may never even do that. She may just stay in the Phoenix area forever. But there are still some younger stars that I feel like you have a good shot at getting them to come to this team, whether it's 2022 or 2023. And through all of this, the players that are on this roster, they have nothing but good things to say about the general manager and the head coach, Derek Fisher. They like him. They like playing for him. 
They like the fact that he's not constantly in their ear saying, do this, do that. Do this, what did do you that. think about um um your question that you I know, I know you got cut off to when you were trying to ask him the question, but when you asked him about the difference between um him kind of standing up and being more involved on the sidelines as a yes. as opposed to sitting down and um relaxing and letting the players kind of like not do their own thing but figure it out for themselves. Yeah, trust themselves is what he used. I think he gave an appropriate answer, but I would like to see him. I won't say he's. I can't say not fully engaged, but I would like to see him up talking the whole game because I think if Derek Fisher was up talking the whole game with the players he will have available, most likely for the next two games before the Olympic break, they will win one of those games with his direction, with the direction of NECA off the bench, with the direction of Latricia Trammell off the bench, with the direction of Coach Fred Williams off the bench. If they are constantly getting that feedback, then they will win one of these games and they will be seven and 12 instead of six and 13 going into this. And then that will make it even easier for them to figure out how to get to 500 and really make a go at this in that back half of the season. That'll give them just another game margin for error because you can't expect them to just come out of nowhere after the end of the Olympic break and just win every single game. Like they're not just going to win 13 straight games. It's not realistic, but could they win every game at Staples? Sure. If we're talking about five games, yes, they can. They can win that. Can they win 10 out of 13? Yeah. Can they win nine out of 13? Most definitely. And if nine out of 13 gets you to 500 or gets you right there and gets you to the, I mean, if it shakes out the right way, that could get you to the five seed in this league. <laughs> you could be hosting a first round playoff game. Like I, mean, I, th- I think that's still the goal is to be a five or a six seed and host the first round playoff game. That I think that is still realistic for the Spartans. I mean, as far as you know, fish and I like again, I get the point of what he's doing. Also, we gotta remember he's from the school of Phil Jackson. You know, you won five rings under Phil Jackson. Phil wasn't the guy who – Phil was the guy who would, would you know, sit back and and, and, and kind of let the players figure out their own um, riddles. Yeah, but Phil is not coaching now. Listen, Phil would be a guy who would kind of sit back and let the players figure out his own riddles. I, do I got it. I got it. Namaste. I do, I do appreciate the fact that he will give the ladies freedom because I do think one of the things that's wrong with um, the W at times is uh, coaches are a little bit – Coaches restrict the players a lot, and they don't just let them play basketball. Um, that being said, I think the players just have to uh, see more things and just be better. You know, like even when you would see Erica, she I think she had a first – how many double-doubles had she had this year? Two? Two or three. She had like two 20 and 10 games at the first of, of – of, And there was two back career. in a row, two in a row, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so it's like these players have shown that they don't necessarily need somebody just hovering over them the whole time. Like, yo, call this, call that, call this. They can't figure out things for themselves. I'm, I I, I am with you. I think that, you know, when there, there are certain moments in which, you know, the game kind of looks sloppy and it's up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down. You might want to get up and actually – call an actual I want game. him to share what he's seeing in 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 real game in time or excuse me I want him to share what he's seeing in game as much as possible it's great to tell him after the fact but like tell me right now like give me that feedback right now so I can do it right now 
I think he does, but also the point is like I want the players to figure out their own riddles for themselves. Because again, also like you may like you you out there playing, so you may even see something that I don't even see because you out there playing. So let me actually put the trust in my players, and I think he does a good job putting trust in his players. So I get the point. I do agree. Maybe like sometimes when I see the game, there there are moments in games recently where it kind of got kind of arcadey. And it's like it's up, down, up, down, up, down for a minute, and it's kind of sloppy. Those are moments where I'd be like, all right, yo, get up, let me call some, run this actual set play, and I'll go sit back down. But I don't have an issue um with uh the way he's coaching or 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 or, or the way man, he wants to handle. This man has more years of playing and coaching knowledge. NBA and WNBA than some players on his team have been alive. This man's first season was 1996. Some of his players are not even that old. That's why I'm going to trust him with what he's doing. And even the ones that are that old are like five. So... Yes, again, I want to trust. I want to trust what he's doing. I want to trust what he's doing, but that's why I want him to share what he knows all the time. Yeah, but you don't want to coach over your shoulder all the time. So you, hey, yeah, don't do you this. don't. But you want to win. You want to win. Look, look, look. I feel like Alonzo from Training Day. You want to go to jail or you want to go home? You want to win or you want to lose? I under, I under, I understand that. Are we, are we, are we teaching life lessons or are we winning basketball games? No, nah, but at the same time, like if, if I'm a coach and I have to stand over you every single play and call something the entire game, that probably means I don't even trust the IQ of my players. If I got to call some every single play and be up on the sidelines for 40 straight minutes, that probably means I don't trust the IQ of my players. So, again, I don't have an issue with uh, his sideline activity currently. Um, I think earlier in the season, again, again, like at this, he even simplified. The if, offense. I, if I really want to chart it, though, I can guarantee you. Well, I won't say guarantee you, but anecdotally, they play better if he is standing up and talking than I when he's sitting him. down and watching. I mean, I just seen him stand up and talking. They lose games, too. Yes. And I've seen him sit down and Eric could get 20 and 10. So. But are they winning when she gets 20 and 10? I think they've won a couple of those games. They haven't. They, I think they, they won one, and I think they lost one. Okay, that's fair. Again, that's but what again. I'm saying. Like that's what I'm saying. Like people, people talk to me about Taya Cooper, and shout out to Taya Cooper, who I appreciate her game, especially defensively, and I appreciate the way she drives to the basket. But people will talk to me about her, and I say I don't care about her points. She can score as many points as she wants to. It's the way it happens. It's the how it fits into the total scheme of what the team is doing. I don't care about how many points anybody on this team scores. I just want to see them come together and win basketball games. The points are a portion of how you win. Obviously, you have to outscore the other team to win a basketball game, but it doesn't matter who's scoring the most points on this team. I mean, I don't think the, the you can score all the points in the world and just lose. I don't think the points really matter until, again, you get, like I said, what, a 1,000th time, your team back. Because I think people are playing in situations and doing things that they wouldn't normally be doing. And when you have your actual set team, that's not going to happen. Yes, and that's and that's why 
you know, I constantly talked to Derek Fisher about, you know, they decided that Brittany Sykes was going to come off the bench and they wanted her to have that role for this season. But recently she's had to start again because they've just been down so much and they've known that like she is one of their best players that are available right now and she has to play as many minutes as possible. And to do that, she's been in the starting lineup. And so, yes, I understand that you want to keep people in the roles that you envision for them through the totality of the 2021 season, if it was perfect. But the season ain't perfect right now. You have to win games. And if that means you got to play a totally different way, that's like football. Like one time, there was this bowl game in Orlando, and I can't remember who Baylor was playing, but Baylor was in the game. And if you know anything about Baylor football back then, they were a spread offense. And so all they did was throw, okay? But all of their quarterbacks were hurt. You know what they did? Halftime, they went in there. They drew up a whole new offense. They said, we're going to run the ball every single time. And what did they do? They probably ran for three, 400 yards, and they figured out how to win that game. I mean, I do think that uh, the Sparks have – again, I think they were running a lot more floppy in motion earlier in the um, season. <clears throat> and I think that with the injuries, they kind of just really simplify and they just go straight pick and roll. So that that point, I do think they have somewhat changed what they do or what they intended to do. I just think that because of personnel, it doesn't always work. But like, I do think that they have at least attempted to change what they do. Like, I don't see as much motion and floppy as I saw earlier on, um, as I see now. Now they literally just want pick and roll and handoffs the whole time. Like, it's not even complicated. They run one five pick and rolls and then do a couple dribble handoffs, swing, swing, swing. My last thing is whoever, I, I feel you. whoever it is on this team, these last two games before the Olympic break, if you are open, please shoot the ball, especially if you're open from three, because you know what? Three points are worth more than two. Like, I'm not trying to be like, you know, condescending or anything like that, but like literally three points are worth more than two. And I know you said, oh, you a Daryl Morey. Like, I'm not Daryl Morey because, you know, I didn't go to M MIT and I haven't studied at the Sloan Institute. And, you know, I didn't take advanced calculus and all of that. Who? Daryl Morey went to MIT? Uh, I don't know, but he helped found at that institute. He did? Yeah, they have that analytics conference every year. They have an analytics conference? Yes, he co-founded the annual MIT Sloan Sports Analytic Conference. Yes. Okay. There's okay. literally a conference where they just talk about analytics. I promise you. Okay. You should think about going. All right, man. You know, I might go one day. You should think about going. Because, yeah, I don't think he went to MIT, but, yes, he co-founded this annual conference. Okay. Didn't know and that. so that's not me, but. I appreciate that. And I'm not saying that I want basketball to turn into baseball where you have these, these crazy shifts where you know the person won't ever hit the ball there. And then you pitch these like games where you have like six pitchers pitch one game. You have like relief games and like all of this stuff. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying if you are open from three, shoot the three. And try to avoid the mid-range as much as possible. I know it feels good to dribble into a shot, but try to avoid that as much as possible and take it hard to the rack, lay up or get fouled. 
Like, make it simple. But the other team knows you want to make it simple. So then that makes it hard. I'm going to keep it G with you. I think they're making the offense as simple as it could possibly be. Like, I, I, how many times have I sat next to you and, like, all oh, one five screen, handoff, come set? I think they're making the offense as simple. In my personal opinion, it's just a make or miss league. And when they make shots, they look great. When they miss shots and they don't convert, they look how they look. At the end of the day, you got to make some shots. Like again, in 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 both of the last two games when they took the lead, the only thing that changed was they actually made shots. And yes, Daryl Morey does have a degree from MIT. Yes, okay. NBA. But and I will I will be sending you the information for the Sloan Sports Athletics <laughs> Conference. But but rounding it out, obviously, like we said, two games left um, until we go on a month break for the um, Olympic break, would you like to predict what happens in these two games? I think I know what you're going to say, but I want to hear you say it. I'm going to predict that they lose to the Storm and they beat the Lynx at home. Okay. I'm with you. I still think the Storm are too much. There's a reason why the Storm are the 2020 defending champions. There's a reason why they are tied for the best record in the league right now with the Aces. And you can say the same things about the Aces. There's a reason why they made the finals last year. There's a reason why they have the reigning MVP. There's a reason why they're tied for the number one record in the league. Because those are the two best teams in the league. And we can debate who is better. But those are the two best teams in the league. Because most consistently, they just are. They have so many options. They can beat you so many different ways. And they are so consistent. That is the reason why they are the two best teams in the league is because they are consistent. Their lapses don't last for more than part of a quarter, not even a whole quarter, like part of a quarter. When other teams, a lapse will be a whole half, a whole game. Theirs are minutes. They're like in between timeouts. They call a timeout and it's like, okay, we're back the way we need to be. So the fact that those two teams can recenter themselves so easy, yeah. I mean, a shout out to Brittany Sykes for saying that she wanted to play against Jewel Lloyd, which I think is great because if you're going to be defensive player of the year, if you're going to make first team all defense, you have to play against the best players. You have to guard the best players and you have to hold the best players night after night below their average. Now, I'm not saying you hold them to five points because that's not realistic and nor will you be guarding them every single time because like you said, there's a lot of pick and rolls in this league now. And so, yeah, you can fight through the switch, but sometimes you just got to switch. But, yeah, got to get one. You got to get one. But, you know, we can um, leave it there. Um, My thing, like I said, I'm with you. I think they'll go one and one. Um, And it's, to me, just as simple as, bro, if you're going to have the worst offense rating-wise in the league, I know even Erica said we don't always look at ratings, but still, offense rating is what it is. If you had a worse offense rating in the uh, league, you you it's going to be hard for you to win some games. But with the defense that they play, if they just make half of their shots, um, I think they'll be well off. Um, and for them, I mean, I mean, it's just a make or miss lead. You get to the break, and if they make half their shots, bro. They gonna win. <laughs> they gonna win three out of four games. Yeah, I mean, they just have to literally make their shots, make forty five percent of their shots, and make I don't know forty percent of their threes. That may be asking a lot, but whatever. Um, it's doable. But, yeah, and then you get to the break, get healthy. Uh, like I said, they have nobody going overseas to play. 
So that means all of you all can get in the gym. Um, you can hone some things out um, over this next, you know, basically you got a whole training camp mid season, you know, mm -hmm. so we should it's a reset. Yeah, it's a reset. So we should see a different team um, post Olympic break than we saw pre Olympic break. So we'll see how it goes. Um, and they also have to, they'll also have to make some decisions too, because they do have some temporary contracts right now. They have Carly Samuelson on a temporary contract and Bria Holmes on a temporary contract because they decided to give Lauren Cox a rest of the season contract. So they got to make some decisions as well. So yeah, we'll see. And uh, Because yeah, they got nine active players right now and we just identified there were four out. Mm -hmm. That don't add up to 12. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. And you're still paying Jasmine Walker. Well, so you really Jasmine. got four. So you really got 14. Yeah. But again, we'll see. It'll be very interesting to see. And I and and, and like I said, I think it'd be great to return to Stable Center. Um and and you know, hopefully it, it'll be uh hopefully the team that fish signed um can get on the court um and actually play extended time together. So yeah, I, I guess we can leave it there. All right. Sounds good. Well, you can check me out on winsider.com. That's where you'll find my articles. You can also check me out on Twitter at John W. Davis. Um, also check me out on YouTube. Search Inside the Wubble. So I'm doing that as a project too. Oh, man, we didn't even get to talk about it. We didn't even get to talk about it. But, yo, shout out to all of the celebrities who've been supporting. Uh, yeah, yeah, LeBron, yeah. Dwayne yeah, LeBron, Wade, Jordan Wade, Poole, Tanache. Dame, Tanache, Phil Handy, Jordan Poole, Patrick Williams, Al Al Alfonso McKinney. Is it Alfonso or Alonzo? I think it's Alfonso. Alfonso McKinney. I said it right the first time. <laughs> yeah, which is I mean, which, just so many people. And I'm which, sure I'm forgetting some too. Uh, Alvin Kamara from the Saints. Yeah, I think, um, yeah. There. Um, but no, uh, I think that is a cool experience for the fans because, I mean, obviously if they're coming to Staples, you know, you really can't see him, but seeing LeBron like that close, right. you know, to people who, I mean, it's LeBron, bro. Like, right. it's LeBron. That's people. a once-in-a-lifetime yeah, experience people. to stand five feet away from LeBron James. I stood, I dapped up LeBron and called him the GOAT in the club once, and then I also saw LeBron <laughs> twice in 24 hours. So I was like, bro, why have oh, I seen LeBron? Excuse me. No, nah, I'm just not saying, but, like, it's crazy. I saw LeBron twice in 24 hours. I'm like, bro, why – like, it looked like I was following a man on Instagram. But still, I think just for, you know, fans and just kids, you know, to see somebody like that, to see a D-Way, to see a Dame Litter, and they really be, like, that close to the point where it's like you take out your phone and you ain't even got to Zoom. <laughs> they just write that. Nah, you take out right. your phone and you only have right. to Zoom in because they just, like, yeah. right there. Like I, like, I think that is the one cool thing about the um, convention center is just the intimacy of it. Mm -hmm. But like I said, it'll be really good to get back to Staples. Give me some yeah. Staples and the popcorn. You love you the know, popcorn. I love Yo, the popcorn. Yo, shout out to TPJ. Basically, you just described hashtag life of the West Hollywood whisperer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah man, yeah. you man, you gotta tell me offline, man. You living your life right now, huh? What what the uh, no? So oh no, well, everything, everything you're doing, man. You living your life. We don't have to get into it on the show. Like, no, man. But no, living, no, no, hey, hey, what little little Duval say? Living my, my best, best life. life. Yeah, you living no, your best life. Right no, now, so, man. Shout no, out to you. So, but real quick, too. so the uh, so the LeBron thing was he had actually they Warner had like a party for a uh, Space Jam, so they mm -hmm. had it at uh, Six Flags. 
So one of my homies was like involved with planning the party. He told me like, yo, LeBron's going to come. I'm like, sure. LeBron actually came, but it was like very early. But like LeBron, I was like walking like to go in the party and LeBron was like walking out. I'm like, yo, it's LeBron right here. And then the next day they all show up probably because I think uh, NECA's in the movie. Yes. Game is in the movie and Bronze in the movie. So I'm sure they came yes. to show support. Shout out to Anthony Davis, who was there the day he's before. The, the game yeah. before, he's in the movie yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, Thompson, Dana Tarazi is in there. So yeah, Dana yeah. Tarazi and NECA are I'm two of the, the are two of the villains. Yeah. And then it's Dame, Clay, and Anthony Davis. So yeah. like those are the five. I get. I don't know if they're called monsters in the movie, but I'm just gonna call it Goon Squad or something like that. Okay. Well, yeah, they they are the Goon Squad. I think. I think. I but think, this is always gonna be the monsters to me. To me. They always go, yeah, facts. Monster to me. So shout out LeBron, shout out D Wade, shout out everybody who's been coming to uh Spars Games. And like I said, it'll be great to see to just walk back in Staples um and see a Spars game in Staples. It's been a very, very long time. I'm excited to, you know, uh do that. Mm -hmm. I think the players will be excited too. Facts. And it's gonna catch some of these other teams off guard because they ain't been in Staples in a long time either. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so and, you could catch somebody slipping real quick. You get them in Staples, you're loud, you're proud, you're feeling hype. They might be like a little overwhelmed, like, Oh, I'm playing in the place where LeBron played, where Kobe played, where this, this, that, and the other. It'll, 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 I mean, I'm not like, saying for the Sparks, I'm saying for the other no, teams. No, no, I'm saying, saying, like, again, like, it'll, um, you know, obviously, shout out to everything they did with the um convention center, but like, let's be real, that's not a place that should be housed in professional basketball. The Staples Center is obviously a premium facility. I think um, him for a weekend. I think it's cool for like an All Star weekend, maybe right. a celebrity game. Like you yeah. can play a celebrity no, game. No, 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 for sure. But like that shouldn't be the permanent home of like, no, you know, like that. No, it shouldn't. No, but so, I, but I rather it be there than to just take over someone's college. Of course, gym. of course, of course. Like I said, they did because the it was curated for them. Of course, like I said, they did the best they could being handed the situation that it was handed. But passing that, they'll be the only ones getting back in state. But I think will be a jolt of energy for the players, be a jolt of energy for the fans, um, it'd be just a jolt of energy for everybody. So I'm looking forward to it. Most definitely. Most definitely. Well, Pabby, what you working on? I saw you just passed 100,000. So congratulations on that. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, the softest video should be out. Uh, either late this week or early um next week. Uh, what video is out now? Uh, letter to my exes is out right That's now. Right. You you can go check that out. Uh, Pappy World, P A V Y World, um everywhere on the internet. Uh, so yeah, and the music will be coming soon. Shout out my homie T. Uh, we're working on well, we're working on getting something out. Um, so yeah. Shout out to glasses. Pappy is now Googleable. I am Googleable. I am Googleable. I'm working so on it. That. I'm so working sure. on it. My goal is to be the most famous John W. Davis. Uh, you got to be close to that point now, bro. I'm close, but it's going to be tough because yeah. back in 1924, there was some guy who ran for president. He lost. Oh, okay. There's a historical figure. Oh, but I'm top five right now. I'm top five. Shout out that. Shout and out there's, that. there's some lawyer somewhere. Shout out that. But yeah, I'm top five. Shout out that. <laughs> But all right, y'all, it's been the Spark Report. It's John W. Davis and Pabby. Peace.